For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today I'm going to be breaking down my top 25 dynasty rankings, kickstarting the mini series. Uh, producing all of my dynasty rankings. Uh, we're going to do it in 25 minute splits, kicking it off right at the top. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to Jack! Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Andy's basketball! Back out to Allen, his three-pointer, G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Today, we're going to be going through, like I said at the top of the show, going through my top 25 dynasty rankings uh, for, well, as of the 3rd of May, 2023. Um Dynasty is going to be something that I have, well, it's something I've been interested in for several seasons. I've been involved in a lot of Dynasty leagues and teams over the last few seasons as well, and something that I'm going to dedicate a bit more time on this podcast and YouTube channel moving forward. So, this is going to be the start of uh, a rankings. Um, series, I guess, that I'm going to do in the off-season, and something that I'm going to continue to update throughout the year, uh, something that I'll probably have on ballboysmba.com over there for all those Dynasty managers to go and check out and get my takes on how prospects look long-term. Obviously, the, the little asterisks here with Dynasty rankings is that they are... A little bit more difficult to put a quarter, like a, a ranking or a number next to each player's names because not only are we taking into account their performance, we're also taking into account their age. Uh, we're not just looking at one single season. We're looking and trying to forecast into the future uh, when the teams that they're on might be different. The players on their team might be different. The coaches are different. The game plan is different. Players grow and develop at different speeds and rates. So it's it's a lot more complex and a little bit less cut and dry than a regular projections for one season uh, sample size. So we're going to go through some of these rankings here, but... Uh, and this is kind of uh, loosely how I would, if I was doing like a, a startup draft, if I was drafting for the first time in a brand new Dynasty Leagues, I would kind of look at this as a guide to sort of see when people should go off the board, but also looking at how these players should be valued in terms of like currency almost in your Dynasty League. So if you're trading, for example, if you're a rebuilding team and you're trading a, uh, a player who's a bit older uh, to a contending team and you're trying to get a like-for-like or someone of similar value back, this list is at least attempting to try and value these players in a similar kind of tier and group, um, depending on sort of which kind of phase you are in your dynasty league as as your team, whether you're a rebuilding team or if you're a um, contending team. Obviously, if you are a rebuilding team, 
team, some of the more uh, the older players who are win now guys might not be as highly ranked to your team, but across the league, this is about the currency that I think they should be assigned. So long-winded sort of um, way of me saying that uh, this list will not be perfect, um, but just how I view the the dynasty uh, rankings for a lot of these players here. I've also included in this list, we're going to be talking about a little bit of the rookies soon, but I've only included one rookie in this list, spoiler, and in, in my top 100 list so far. I won't be including the rookie class coming into the season just yet. I'm going to wait until we know where they are drafted to, and then when they are drafted, we're going to go through those rookie dynasty rankings, and I will include them as to where I've ranked them within the top 100 or further when we go into the deeper ranks uh, in the overall rankings. The one rookie that I have included in this list is Victor Wembanyamba. You will see in this video where he is ranked in my dynasty rankings. The reason I've included him and not some of the others is because Victor, no matter which team he gets drafted to, um, it will be the number one pick. He is going to completely change the way that that team plays their offense uh, around him. Whereas I think everyone else in the in the draft class, their value can change depending on which team they go to. Whereas I think Victor, it doesn't matter. He is going to be Victor Wembanyama no, no matter where he goes. So I don't think where he gets drafted will influence my ranking for him. So I've gone ahead and just popped him in the rankings here. But uh, players like Scoot, both the Thompson twins, all those other guys, you won't see in this top 100 list. It doesn't mean that I've forgotten them. I will be putting them in after the draft later in the year, and we'll go through our rookie rankings. So let's get started into it. The, we're going to go in, in groups of five here, and uh, you will see as soon as I transition over the screen here, there is a couple of big names in this list. And um, if you're listening along on audio, you've probably already seen on the video here, but if you're listening on audio, let me know before we get into the rankings, where would you have Victor Wembanyama ranked before uh, listening ahead? But number one and number two for me are very um, very cut and dry, I think. I think these are pretty clearly the top two dynasty ranked players in fantasy basketball. To me, number one, I've got Nikola Jokic. He is, um, at this stage, how old is Nikola Jokic? Uh, he is 28 years old. Um, he's been the number one fantasy player for the last two seasons and doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. His game is just so fantasy friendly. Now, he might not be the number one guy for the next five years, but he's going to very comfortably be, I think, a top three uh, fantasy player for the next five to six years. He is a guy that's not reliant on athleticism as well, so I think he has a chance to have a long extended career and a run at the top there. So despite being a little bit older than some of these other guys, I think that because he is so dominant in fantasy, um, even at 28, I think that he is the number one pick in all dynasty leagues. Um, you could mount an argument for Luka Doncic, who is my number two. Um, 24 years old, so four years younger than a Nikola Jokic. He just has a little bit uh, more holes in his game in terms of, obviously, the free throw uh, shooting. He's obviously not as big of a rebounder or a field goal percentage boost as a Nikola Jokic, but he has the big assists, the big threes, the big points. Um, his steals came along last uh, season or this past season uh, as well. Um, yes, he turns the ball over, but if you've got Luca, who cares? You're punting that category. So I think for me, those two are pretty clearly the number one and number two options. 
And then the number three guy, and you've probably already seen it if you're watching along on YouTube on the screen. Number three, for those listening along on audios, this is where I have Victor Wembenyamba. I would, in a brand new Dynasty League, be drafting Victor Wembenyamba number three overall um, for Dynasty Leagues. Now, um, I wouldn't be drafting him this high in redraft leagues, obviously, but there is a big chance, I think, that in the first season, Victor will be a number one pick. People will be drafting him in the first round, I should say. Not necessarily where I would pick him in the first round, but I think there's a, a likelihood that the hype is going to get him there. But this man is... Everything that we've heard, obviously, he's he's the most hyped prospect that we've had since LeBron James. He is a guy that has been called the alien, and it's it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to overstate or, or, like the hype that's been surrounding him. But I think in this case, everything that I've seen, everything that I've uh, researched, the film that I've watched, the stats that I've seen, everything seems to be supporting the fact that this guy is the re- de- real deal. We I don't think we've hyped him up too much is basically what I'm saying. Now, there is always a danger of that with these guys that come through. We haven't seen them play a second in the NBA. Some people might have concerns about his skinny frame and injuries and things like that. Um, Look, I personally don't subscribe to the the skinny frame equals injury prone. I know a lot of you might say Chet got injured, but his was a freak injury with a foot thing. Someone stood on his foot. Anyone can have that happen. But... Victor Wembenyamba, to me, he has a very real chance to be the number one overall player in fantasy basketball very quickly and early into his career. He could easily be a first-round player after his rookie season. He averaged in the French League um, 21.5 points, 10 rebounds, 3.1 blocks, 2.4 assists. He hit um, 1.5 threes per game on a 30% clip. He's shooting his free throws at 83% from the line. He's shooting field goals 47.5%. So he's a, a an across-the-board, multi-category superstar. He is a guy that he is super young. He obviously, you've, 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 most of you watching this video have seen the the footage of Victor Wembanyama and the freak um, height, wingspan, dexterity. Um, the, all, all the things that have, have been shown, I think that this guy, if you can get a chance to draft him in his rookie year, you are going to have a 15-year megastar fantasy player on your roster. I probably wouldn't go ahead of some of those bona fide, rock-solid superstar guys in Jokic and Luka, just because they're a more proven talent and you're shuffling up at the top there anyway. So there is a little bit of a risk with a Victor that, you know, we haven't seen it yet. But outside of those two, I think that Victor is the guy that I am drafting at number three. This could very well be too low. Like there is a chance that the right move is to draft him number one in a dynasty startup. I just would, you know, bank the certainty of those other two players right now first without seeing anything of him in the NBA before going a Victor. But at this point, this is where I pull the trigger. So that's him at number three. Number four, so I think there's another little tear break here as well. And uh, Jason Tatum is the guy I have at number four. I have him, um, the guy at number five, six, and seven, and eight, actually. So four, five, six, seven, and eight, all in a very close little tier here. So I think if you have a slight preference to go a different way, I think that that is fine. But number four, I have Jason Tatum there. I have Jason Tatum over my number five guy. I might as well reveal him now to the the 
podcast listeners because YouTube already know who he is. Uh, but Jason Tatum, I've got him over Shea Gildas Alexander at number five, just because I think that Tatum is someone who's more proven in terms of his value to an NBA team. He's finished, uh, what did he finish? Uh, NBA MVP voting came out today. I think he finished fifth in the, or, or fourth. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fourth in the... Um, actually, hold on. Let me just look that up so I am accurate. He finished uh, fourth behind Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Uh, in the MVP voting. So he's obviously a superstar when it comes to the NBA. His role is secure. There is no one coming into his team or he he's not going into any other team and his role is changing. I think what he gives you is going to be rock solid for his entire career. Um, he is only 25 years old. So I think you've got at least another seven to eight years of him producing first round value. Now, I've ranked him at number four. He might. The funny thing is he might not have actually get to the fourth best player in fantasy. But the fact that you're going to get top 10, I would say, value for seven to eight years, I think warrants this pick. And I just feel more confident with him maintaining what he's been doing these last two years compared to um, the players behind him in these rankings. Um, And he's got a a large enough window that I think that that's where I went. uh, I will go. I think I did draft him at number four in in the... The Dynasty 30 League, which is the 30 analyst, fantasy basketball analyst, and um, took him over someone like a LaMelo Ball, who was a lot of people would have him at that point as well. And I feel pretty good about that so far. So, um, yep, Jason Tatum is who I have at number four. Shea Gillis Alexander rounds at the top five. So I've got him fifth there. He was someone that you could probably get in the teens last year, but obviously had a massive breakout season this past year. Um, ranked number three overall in fantasy uh, basketball rankings this season. He is still very young. He's um, the same age as Jason Tatum, 25 uh, very shortly. So he is someone that you could argue you would take ahead of a Tatum. I just... There's a little bit more concern with um, reliance on you know the defensive numbers. We know that steals um, can fluctuate year to year. So if those steals go from 1.7 to a 1.5, I think he drops a little bit in value. Whether or not he can keep up the absurd efficiency as a point guard player, I have a little bit more doubts for him in terms of that efficiency than I do a Tatum. Um, but he's a superstar. Like, I've always loved Shea. I've been higher on Shea than most people for the majority of his career. So I would take him here at number five. I think he's going to continue doing what he's doing and be a top 10 pick for many years to come. I just have a little bit more confidence with the Tatum maintaining what he does than I do with a Shea doing what he does because of the reliance on his... Um, Reliance on the steals and the block numbers. One block from a uh, point guard player is quite quite big for his value. And, you know, even if those two fall down by 0.2 each, I think that does hurt his value uh, enough that I'm taking him behind a Tatum. So those are the top five. Let's move on to number six as I transition across. Number six is where I have LaMelo Ball. Again, still probably in that little clump. 
I think a year ago, he was probably someone that we had. Some people had him over a Tatum at number four or, or even as high as number three. He obviously had a terrible year this past season with injuries and things like that. I'm trying not to let that influence me too much. Um, some guys like Shea have leapfrogged him in my rankings, as well as obviously the inclusion of Victor Wembanyamba. Um but I think he comes in at number six for me. Just a you know a, a huge assist boost. He's a guy that is still extraordinarily young. He's not even 22 years old yet, so he's the youngest, uh, outside of Victor, the youngest guy on this list so far. And um, just last season, he was the 21st ranked player. He was 33rd this past season per game, obviously only doing that in 36 games with a lot of frustrating ankle injuries. Um, but when you can get those high volume assists, I think the scoring can come around. The free throw percentage being really high is excellent. I think he can be a great steals guy, good rebounder for the position, hits a lot of threes. He, he does all the big things you want from a point guard, and I think that his talent is still high enough that he has room to improve, still being younger than 22 years old. Um, when he gets healthy, I think he's going to be fine. So he is in at number six. Number seven to me is the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, who was announced today or yesterday by the time this video comes out. I've got him at number seven. I found it a little bit tough to rank Joel Embiid, but I think, you know, he was the number two ranked player for fantasy basketball this season. He's the oldest player on this list so far at 29 years old, but I think... Again, being a bigger player, being a center, he is someone that can do this for many years to come. So I think he is someone there you could, again, probably if you wanted to, if it's your preference, you could take him as high as number four, in my opinion, if you really wanted to start with that that build with the big guy. Um, but I've got him at, here at number seven. Um, so obviously, yeah, 29 years old, I think he can still kind of do sort of top three to five numbers for the next four to five years. Um, so I think that that is something you can expect. Obviously, you don't have the longevity of someone like a LaMelo Ball or someone like a Tatum or an SGA. He will sort of age out a little bit faster than those guys, but his ceiling is going to be maybe just a touch higher in the short term. And then at number eight, rounding at that little clump that I had before, I've got Tyrese Halliburton, who... Of these guys, I think, you know, Tatum, SGA, LaMelo Ball, Joel Embiid, I think that Tyrese, of those guys in terms of a fantasy, oh, sorry, a real-life basketball point of view, is probably the least talented. However, he is a guy that uh, lends itself really, really good to fantasy basketball with the high assists and steal numbers. He is um, He was the eighth-ranked player in fantasy hoops this past season, and doing that at just 23 years old, I think, is obviously very good. You're going to get 10 years of him, I think, being... You know, in amongst that top 15 kind of a mark, there is a little bit of a risk as this team maybe collects some more talent that potentially the scoring won't ever be at levels similar to these guys that we've mentioned before. But I think that's fine. Um, not everyone has to score 30 points a game. I think, you know, still he'd still be a 20-point-per-night scorer for across his prime, but I don't think he ever gets to that sort of, you know, high 20s, 30s, which maybe just limits him from getting 
really high up the rankings. So for me, he kind of falls to the bottom of this kind of a pack there. Again, 1.6 steals. If that just falls off a little bit to 1.5, 1.4, which is still a good number, it impacts his value. Um, the efficiency is amazing, which is great. He can get better from this. So if you're a big believer in Tyrese, I, I don't mind going him ahead of, for example, someone like a Lamelo or a Joel Embiid or one of those types. Um, if you believe in him more and have a higher estimation of his overall talent than I do. Uh, but this is about where he falls for me. So that's a bit of a tier there. A little bit of another tier break. Next up, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who obviously ranking-wise was well away from a lot of these guys, but we know that's because of his poor free-throw percentage. Uh, ranked 122nd for nine-category leagues, but of course, when we punt those turnovers, it does dramatically change and brings him right up to uh, number 15 for this past season. He is someone who is a little bit uh, older again. I would say old. He's 28 years old, same age as Nikola Jokic. So I think, again, you've got probably another five to six years of him producing similar kind of numbers. The little hesitation for me here is the ongoing knee issues with him. Uh, Obviously, you are limited in the fact that you have to punt free throw percentage as someone that you're drafting in your first round. With Dynasty, especially if I'm doing a startup Dynasty draft, um, that is maybe not the way I want to just pigeonhole myself into with that. And also in terms of currency around the NBA, if I'm trading a Giannis, then really the only teams that are wanting to grab him are the teams that are punting free throw percentage, or if they're getting him, they're going to then be punting free throw percentage. So that hurts him a little bit more than, for example, a one-season redraft league where I, I probably view him a little bit higher than this because I do just love the consistency and certainty that Giannis does bring. Um, the other thing we saw this past season is that his steal and block numbers fell away a little bit, which was a slight concern. They could definitely bounce back, which gives him uh, more scope to be better than this on a season-to-season basis, and he is an incredible player. But... I just um, have a little bit of doubt about him, you know, being that number or top five guy even or top three guy in a punt free throw percentage that I would have probably had a season ago just because of those steal numbers and the the ongoing management of that knee injury that he seems to be carrying season to season. So for me, he is at number eight, uh, sorry, number nine and a little bit of a a half tier behind those top eight At number 10 is where I start to get a little bit younger and further away from the proven talent. Uh, Again, excluding Victor Wembanyamba. And this is where I have Anthony Edwards. So Anthony Edwards is a guy that I am a big, big fan of from an NBA point of view. I I, I think this guy could potentially at some point be the best player in the NBA if it all falls right his way. But he was the 32nd ranked player in nine category leagues last year, putting up 25 six rebounds, four and a half assists, hitting 2.7 threes, 1.6 steals, 0.8 blocks. The efficiency is what hurt him. But the fact that he is still 21 uh, years old, he is the same age as a LaMelo Ball, the exact same age, and was drafted, I think, uh, if memory serves me, was he, was he drafted a year? Oh, no, they were, the, they were the same draft class. Sorry, my mistake. They were drafted in the same draft class, so extraordinarily young. Hasn't, hasn't, not even 22 yet. He's got playoff experience with... Uh, we've seen in the playoffs most recently that I think that he is the future of that team. And 
Maybe if they had their time over again, they wouldn't be trading in a Rudy Gobert um, and building the team more around him. I think that will happen eventually, even if maybe he leaves Minnesota or, or something like that. I think he is the kind of player that the team is going to be structured around. And the fact that he's still putting up basically top 30 numbers in a team that isn't probably best suited for him in terms of spacing and things like that, I think is very, very encouraging. And as a young player, those efficiency things are usually the last thing to come. So um, the free throw percentage is maybe a little bit more concerning, although this past season was his worst free throw percentage of, of all his three seasons, and he did it on higher volume. So if he can get that free throw percentage even just to high 70s, 80%, he has increased the volume. So if that can become a positive number instead of a negative number, it changes his value dramatically. And I am very confident that each season we've seen his field goal percentage improve. He's gone from uh, 41.8% to 44% to last year, 45.7%. I think that's going to continue to rise up to the high 40s, maybe even the low 50s, if he can really get it all together. And then he just becomes an absolute beast. So I think that there are first-round seasons coming. I think, well, based on where I've got him at number 10, multiple first-round seasons coming with the ceiling of being you know, better than like players like Atari's Halliburton, better than players potentially even like a LaMelo Ball, Giannis, all those kind of guys. I think he could leapfrog. We're just taking a little bit of a stab in the dark because it hasn't happened yet. So I have him at number 10 and is one of my favorite players Um Younger players to to target early in drafts as well. The all right, so those are our top ten. Let us know uh, down in the comments on YouTube. What do you think? Thoughts so far during the top ten? We might go through these next few guys maybe a little bit quicker. I've been going on a bit too much about these guys. Number eleven is where I've got another young guy here. I've got Cade Cunningham. I think last year I would have flipped he and um, and Anthony Edwards, but I think. I've just seen more from an Anthony Edwards that I feel more confident. I still am very confident with Cade. Obviously, he's number 11 on my dynasty rankings here. I'm not worried too much about uh, this past season. Obviously, the injury cut his season short. Um, The only maybe slight flag is that Detroit potentially have the risk of drafting someone like a Victor Wembenyamba or even someone like a Scoot Henderson. And when you've got Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham there, how does that all work? I still think that of all those three guards that I named, Cade would still be my number one priority if I'm the Detroit Pistons. I think just the fact that he is, the size that he is, the shooter that he is, um, the defensive player that he can be, I still think that he is the guy that should be prioritized. He was disappointing even in the games that he played last year, and I was... Some people were drafting him in the second second round in redraft leagues. That was obviously, in retrospect, too high. But I still think that he has potential to have multiple first-round uh, seasons moving forward. Again, exceptionally young, um, 21.6. So uh, basically the same age as LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. I still take those two guys ahead of him. But the, the great... Uh, rebound, assist, points, threes. I think the steals were down at 0.8 this past season, 1.2 in his rookie year. I think that they can come back up to sort of 1.3 kind of levels. Um, I think that the efficiency will eventually come as the team gets better and they've got more options to, to go off and also as he improves. And he's a great free throw percentage shooter. So I think he is going to come good. This might be a chance for a lot of people who have teams already to maybe buy low on a Cade Cunningham. I still view him as a top 15 dynasty assets. So that's where I've got him. Jaron Jackson Jr. at number 12. He was a big riser from, again, I know I didn't have a rankings list last year, but if I did, he probably would have been more in the 20s last year. 
but the fact that he was the 12th ranked player in fantasy basketball last year, and he is still extraordinarily young. Um, how old is uh, Jaron Jackson? He's still le- he's twenty he's twenty three years old, turning twenty four in a few months. So he is someone that yeah, when you can already do what he's done, um, and he is still only younger than twenty four. Uh, sorry, he was the fourteenth ranked player. The uniqueness of his threes, blocks, and good free throw percentage is also something that I I do also really like about him. So I've got him at number twelve. And then these next two guards probably round out the next kind of tier here. So the two teammates in Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Garland I've always been a big fan of. I know his rankings sometimes don't um, they don't necessarily support having him this high. So he was the 49th ranked player this past season, 37th the year before, before Donovan Mitchell came in. But it's just the value of those assist numbers that I think are extremely important. He's a guy that, um, again, very young, 23 years old. So I think he's going to have multiple seasons being sort of that top 25 player. Um, and, and with the added value of extra assists, if we punt the turnovers as well, he probably boosts up a little bit higher. If you're punting blocks, potentially, uh, he, again, makes another jump. So putting up numbers, 21.5 points, 2.4 threes, 7.6 assists, 1.3 steals on really good efficiency. I think that those are really good numbers, and I think he can improve and get better. Um, and at the very least, you've got a, a top you know, four or five point guards for the next 10 years. So I like him there at number 13. Um, Donovan Mitchell, his teammates, surprised me a little bit this past season. I thought that he might... Um, you know, drop away a little bit, but but he didn't. Um, 16th ranked last season, 1.5 steals, which was a little bit of the concern. His scoring was also amazing in that team. Um, I've got him ranked behind a Garland just because of the... I think Garland is more of the future. I think I also value his assists a little bit more highly. I think the more they also develop the next guy who, again, is on this list, uh, we'll talk about in a second, I think the points might start to come down in that usage spreads out throughout that team a little bit more. Um, but he obviously was amazing last season, so I have him at 14. And again, that's probably a little bit of another tier gap between this next guy at number 15, and that is Evan Mobley. So yeah, three teammates in a row here. Didn't actually meet. I just realized that I did that. But Evan Mobley is a guy that I'm a big, big fan of. Uh, I was a big fan of last season. Um, he's just a guy, again, when we talk about those efficient bigs that block shots and eventually um, potentially might be able to give you some assists as well, I think he can do He can do it efficient, efficiently. We're, we're hoping that the free throw percentage can come around a little bit. I still have a little bit of optimism that it's not going to be punt-worthy, Although, ideally, to maximize his value right now, you do punt the free throws. But um, I think that he can improve there. He has a good-looking jump shot. So I think that it is something that he can improve on. Um, If, for example, we were guaranteeing that he wasn't going to improve on his free throw percentage, he probably doesn't make 15 in my list here. But I'm optimistic that he can improve it as the seasons go on. Um, But in his second year, obviously, 56th-ranked player, obviously, that's going to be improved again if you punted the free throw percentage but you know 16 points nine rebounds nearly three assists uh, one and a half blocks 0.8 steals on 55 percent shooting from the field I just think that he is a very special defensive player and I think that he is going to become more and more confident still younger than 22 years old so you've got 
10 to 12 years of a player who I think is at bare minimum going to be a, a top 25, top 30 guy moving forward per game. And he has the capability of being that. I don't know about Anthony Davis because of his block numbers aren't quite as extraordinary as an Anthony Davis, but you know that kind of mold where he's he's scoring, he's getting a decent amount of assists, he's rebounding, he's getting good field goal percentage, he is blocking shots. If the free throw percentage can come around to sort of those mid-70s, which I think he could do, um, I think that he is someone that could be a good buy at rank 15. All right, let's move on. Number 16 is, again... Another another stretch here, and um, look, if we'd seen him this season, he could potentially be a, a decent amount higher on this list, in all honesty, but Chet Holmgren is the guy that I have at number 16. So again, another player that we haven't seen yet, um, Chet is someone that I'm a big believer in. I had him as my number one ranked rookie last season. He didn't play. He had the foot injury, obviously, 21 years old, but... Before the injury, I was willing to draft Chet inside the top 40 in redraft leagues. I think he has the capability of having a top 50 season next year. Um, And he definitely has the capability of being a first-round fantasy player in the future. I'm not as concerned about the injury uh, worry in terms of his frame and those kind of things. Um, my main concern with Chet is how much he's, does he develop offensively because I think he's going to be a great block, a shot blocker. I think he's going to rebound well. I actually think he's going to be quite efficient in what he does. I think uh, unlike a Mobley, he should be a good free throw percentage contributor. I think that the field goal percentage we saw in his season in college, he was unbelievably efficient. I also really like the passing and assist potential for a player like Chet. Um, I love the system he's in at OKC. So I think the the threes and the points and how um, how much he can grow offensively is going to un, uncap his ceiling. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> the right phrase, but he's gonna he's gonna go as far as offense takes him. But even in a low offensive kind of usage role, I think he still has the potential to be a perennial top twenty five guy. Um, and and if he does get into that sort of 20 points per game scorer category, then he is he's easily a first-round player. Um, there is a little bit of risk with any player coming off a season-long injury, but the type of injury that he did um, have, I think that it's not something that's likely to affect him moving forward as long as they've rehabbed it properly. And uh, the OKC Thunder would have done everything possible to make sure that he was looked after. So I have him at number 16. Um, you know, you might there's probably arguments to take him higher or lower on this list, but this is about where I would have him. I have him just behind Evan Mobley because I've seen him. I know he's good, similar kind of player, although I think Chet's ceiling is higher than an Evan Mobley. Um, but obviously, we haven't seen him play yet. So that's where I have him. A couple of guards next. I'll go through them together. Trey Young and Devin Booker are 17 and 18. Look, these guys are good, big assists, big points, big free throw percentage, lots of threes. I think that the ceiling with both of these players is probably the sort of that, that top 15 uh, sort of mark. I don't necessarily know if these guys are first-round players uh, for many years of their career, but they are obviously both young enough that you're going to get many good years out of them. So um, I think it's just banking that really solid player, really good player, top 20 guy for multiple years. Um, Devin Booker maybe has a little bit more upside to me than a Trey Young, but Trey Young is um, you know just ever so slightly younger. 
But again, you could probably you could probably flip a coin with these two. I think that they're both going to uh, do well for your team with Devin Booker and the acquisition of Kevin Durant. Um, just kind of moved him below Trey Young for me. Trey Young again, you're, you're constructing your team in a very specific kind of way because of his deficiencies in rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage. He's he he lends himself to a certain kind of a build, um, but it's not unrecoverable. So he slots in at 17. Number 19, I have. Again, probably, again, between 18 and 19, those guards and this next guy, I have another probably small tier gap. And I've got Bam Adebayo at 19. Really tricky one for me to to place on this list just because of what we've seen him do in the last several years, both before Kyle Lowry was there and then since Kyle Lowry has come into the team. So back in 2020 to 21, he was the 19th ranked player Um and he put up averages of 19 points, 9 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 1.2 steals, 1 block, and great efficiency. Since Kyle Lowry has come into the side, he's been closer to 3.5 assists instead of 5.5 assists. Now, Kyle Lowry is nearing the end of his career. He probably, my best guess would be that he's probably got maybe one more season left in him. Jimmy Butler's also getting a little bit older as well. So Bam is definitely the future of this team. So I think you could see a situation where... He doesn't meet this ranking for another season or two, but after that, I think that he's going to be a perennial top 25, top 20 player, and he is still very young. So Bam is still, um, if I look him up here, he's still younger than 26 years old. So you've probably got another six to seven years of him doing that top 25 kind of ranking there. So for me, that's enough to get him into number 19. And at number 20, I have Ja Morant, another tricky player to to put in there for fantasy basketball, especially because he is so strong in some categories, weaker in others. Kind of similar argument to a Giannis where his trade currency is affected by that. I, I am also just aware of the fact that He's probably a better real-life player than he is a fantasy player. He has a few niggling injury concerns that seem to keep cropping up so far in his young career. Um, You know, he was the 85th ranked player last season. The year before, he was 48th. So his rankings go up and down a fair bit this season, but he is always going to be a big point scorer, a big assist guy. Uh, the assists, sorry, the steals are over one per game. The rebounds are solid, but it's the free throw percentage, the field goal percentage dropped last year as well. The low threes, high turnovers, the low blocks as well. There, there are deficiencies in his game, but he is obviously again super young, younger than twenty four years old. So he does make my top twenty just. But again, um, pretty close to these guys behind him in this next little tier here. Last five guys for today's video. And again, um, all these guys are starting to clump together. So it's a bit of horses for courses at this point now. But Carl Anthony Towns, I have at 21. He has been a big faller for me this past season. I probably would have had him higher than a few of these guys um, last year. But just the fit with him next to Anthony Edwards, the addition of Rudy Gobert affected him more than I thought it probably would. I thought they'd be able to work it out a little bit better. But he just doesn't look like the guy that Minnesota are going to build around. His game is so fantasy-friendly regardless, though, that I still think that he is pretty solid uh, a dynasty asset at 27 and a half years old. He's not old by any stretch. He's still probably got five or six years of really good, solid value. But he's just starting to fall down to me. I wonder how long he and Anthony Edwards 
are on the same team together and with and if they ever split them up. But I think that they at least give another one or two years uh, to see if they can work it out. But um, he is there at number 21. Sabonis is at 22. Again, another tricky one. I think he's here because, surprisingly, I was surprised to, to see that he is actually um, still only 27 years old. So, again, probably another five or so years of his, his prime left, in my opinion. Um, you know, really valuable assist from a big guy, which actually improved this season, much to my surprise, early in the year. Uh, his rebounds are solid. I do worry that, like, again, we saw it in the playoffs, those guys that non-rim-protecting big guys who can't shoot. I have a little bit of a tendency to go away from those kind of players, but if he's getting the usage that he is in the Sacramento team, um, I'm fine with it. And obviously, they had a great season, so I don't think they're going to go away from him um, uh, anytime soon. So I think he's pretty solid here. Number 23, you could easily argue that I would take this guy ahead of both these past two guys, but Anthony Davis is there for me. He's 30 years old. His injury history is something that obviously everyone is aware of, but what we do also know about Anthony Davis is that he is a beast when he is out there on the court. The fourth-ranked player per game um, this past season. Look, he did it on 63 games, and when you compare that to the league average, it's actually not far off. In fact, it's probably pretty much in line with what we expect. So um, the free throw percentage bounced back up a little bit this season. In fact, it was nearly neutral, which was very encouraging. If he can maintain that, and if I was confident that that was the case, he probably would be probably in that tier above with the the Devin Bookers and the Trey Youngs. Um, you know, 30 years old, he has a shorter window left than like your Carl Anthony Towns and your Sabonises, but his talent is higher than those guys. So potentially he could do this till sort of the age of 35, 36. Um, so maybe that evens it out. There's just also those added risk of the injuries and stuff that he's had in the past. Um, are we sure about the free throw percentage being, um, you know, high 70s versus low 70s, which it was the previous two seasons? Look, this one, again, now that I'm reading out, I, I probably may push him above a Carly Towns or a Sabonis, but they are in a very uh, tight little group here. But I have him, I think, roughly around this spot, depending on how you view AD. I think this is a fine spot to sort of grab him. Um, and then the last two guys, again, more getting into that zone where we've got proven talent, higher ranked players than what they're ranked here on a on a season-by-season basis, but a little bit on the older side. So at 24, I've got Kevin Durant, and at 25, I have Damian Lillard. And I will just say, spoiler alert for the next video, but I do also have in the same tier, before another little tier break, I have Steph Curry at 26. So there's sort of like three guys there, Kevin Durant, who's nearly 35, Damian Lillard, who's nearly 33, and Steph Curry, who's just recently turned 35, um, all sort of top 10 per game guys, uh, perennial first-round walk-up players that are just getting into their career a little bit. They're all really, really talented, so they have probably still another few years left at this, even though they are in their mid-30s. They are good enough to maintain this. It is just, obviously, you're not going to get as much use out of them in a dynasty league as you would, obviously, in a redraft league. And each passing year, their value will start to slowly drop down. So um, in a in a competing team, a team that's trying to win it the first year, these guys obviously do have a lot of value. But again, if you're looking to rebuild, obviously they're not going to go down. So this is where they kind of fall into the middle for me. And if you're doing, if you're doing a startup league, 
the the way I would try to approach is you try to get those younger guys that are producing good value right now at the beginning to start off with because you're getting the, the, the good compromise between youth and production. Whereas now we start to get a little bit further away where you're going to have to start to make decisions in terms of sacrifices. Do I go into a bit more youth and sacrifice production now or do I lock away these first round guys and get the production right now? And when they age out, at least I've still got those guys that I started with. Maybe I started with someone like a uh, Tyrese Halliburton or a Lamelo Ball who are producing first round value, but they, they all also have 10 years left of their prime left. So that's the way I sort of would view a startup league and how I would have my top 25 plus Steph Curry on the end there to make it 26. Let me know down the comments below on YouTube what you think of the rankings. And uh, hey, if, you, if you're feeling bold, drop your own Dynasty rankings. You don't have to be a 25. It can if you want to or your top 10 or or whatever it is, let us know your thoughts on some Dynasty players. If you have any questions on Dynasty-related content or anything that you want to see from me in the future moving forward, drop them in the comments below. Uh, please be sure to give this video a big thumbs up, guys. i um, starting to produce a bit more content um, than obviously the last several of months, and it's a little bit more slow going now that YouTubers. Uh, slowed down my algorithm a little bit more. That's fine. Um, but make sure you guys do help me out by giving this video a big thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And we will catch you guys next time. Laters. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.